so the reason I got uh, to the point where I did is because I learned all the ways to not do it. So I, yeah. I was going through this journey of trying to convert the P80 to accept the Gen 4 and the Gen 5 slide. Because to me, the Gen 3 was like too easy of a build because I could complete yeah. it in like 20, 30 minutes. 30, yeah, 30 minutes, you're done. And I was like, man, this is too easy. We need to find a way to make this harder, you know. So uh, I, I must have chopped up, I don't know, five or six frames to the point where I actually got one to the point where I was like, okay, I can make a video on this. Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode 88 of For the Love of Guns. My name is Jason Schaller, and thank you for joining Team Bench today as we bring back P80 Ralph. It's been about a year since he's been on the program, and it's time to catch up on him since he's been banned from YouTube twice. And before we talk to Ralph, it's time to pay the bills. And this episode is brought to you by Falco Holsters. Hey, everybody. I really love Falco Holsters. And for you on the audio side, you can't see this. But on the video side, this is the Comfort Hybrid inside the waistband. And I love it. I'm currently running my P365, but I can also run my P365 XL because this is actually the XL size. Just got my regular P365 in there. If you're looking for a great holster, Falco's got you covered. It's a custom holster built to your specifications in about 10 days. They can build it for any gun, any price point without sacrificing quality. Go check out Falco holsters and use the checkout code Banshee to save 10%. Now this is also brought to you by Freedom Crew University. Now I'm one of the instructors at Freedom Crew University and Ralph is also one of the instructors as well. And he's going to talk to us about some of the stuff he's going to teach towards the end of the podcast. But I teach the AR-15 and the SIG and soon to be the 1911 class. Go check out Freedom Crew University and sign up for a class because the content to build firearms has been taken down on social media. And well, we're bringing it back with live instruction at Freedom Crew University. Now with the bills paid, it's time to talk to Ralph. Ralph, tell me about your love of guns. Uh, what's going on, everyone? Uh, Rogue Banshee, thank you for having me on. Uh, I go by P80 Ralph. My name is Ralph Valiero. I was uh, born in Brazil. I moved to the U.S. and I got into guns when I turned thir uh, 30 years old. I had no idea that there was a whole entire community of people who build things for fun, for, for the pure joy of knowing that you created this and you made it come to life. Um, I made a name for myself when I started getting really deep in the polymer 80s and diagnosing uh, and troubleshooting. And I started posting videos on YouTube showing uh, the process that I went through. I would just place a camera overhead and take things apart and try different parts. And people seemed to really enjoy it. So I just kept doing it. And uh, I think somebody had mentioned like, man, you're like, the p80 of ralph or something and, and i was like <laughs> you know what he's right maybe i can go with that because i didn't have a name at that point i think the the channel name was like ralph can fix it or ralph reviews <laughs> like some dumb shit and uh it, i saw the comment and i was like p80 ralph, p80 ralph. like okay yeah because that was all i was doing really was like p80 stuff uh so i stuck with it and i just kept doing it and most recently, I got into 3D printing, and man, the possibilities are endless with uh, home building. I, I never realized this was a thing. I was into cars. I was into 
RC powered, you know, nitro trucks and all that. Um, I didn't know gun building was like a culture. So uh, I, I love it. I love tinkering. I love making stuff, building. And when you take that thing to the range and it just works, such a good feeling. Like just, ah, oh, feels so good. Because yeah. that, that's the thing. Because I, I remember when, you, when your channel was young um, and you were doing all this palm radio. And I look at this stuff going, where you have gone. I mean, because, you know, for like me, I, I've been 3D printing for... Shit, almost almost five years now but i'm like a casual 3d printer like you i look at the stuff that you come from i go holy crap he's come a long way from doing polymer 80s to now doing 3d printing i mean i'm like jealous of your 3d printing skills i mean <laughs> you you have some mad 3d printing skills um i'm i'm kind of an obsessive kind of person when i get into something new i i go all in uh i did a lot of research when I got into 3D printing because I wanted to be more comfortable with it. I saw issues that people were having and I didn't want those same problems. So I just kept digging and digging and digging until I found the answers. And it got to the point where I felt pretty comfortable with it. Um, yeah, I don't know. That's just how I am. I have a very obsessive personality. Like 3D printing became my life for the last year. Well, it's funny because so... One of the things we were talking about, we talked about because it it's been a year since you've been on. <clears throat> Last time you were on, we were talking about the infamous Congress letter. Um, both of us were on, <laughs> um, which, which ultimate kind of ultimately kind of led to kind of the demise of your channel on YouTube. Yeah, um, that, I mean that that spiraled pretty quickly on you. So after that uh, that interview, yeah, I think it was another five months after that, they got rid of my channel. I had, I think, 17,000 subscribers on that channel. So Ooh, I was- That's tough. To, yeah, I was forced to start another one. And that got taken down when I had, uh, I think it was like seven or 8,000 subscribers. So at that point, I mean, I lost all motivation, man. So well, it's, it's I, tough, man. You, you can only get kicked so many times before you're like, screw it. Yeah. So now I'm just kind of sticking around, just watching and posting stuff on like Instagram and Twitter and stuff just to kind of try to stay relevant, I guess you could say. Uh, but I do have videos now on Rumble and uh, Odyssey. So yep. a lot of my old content from the original channel, uh, it's, it's all on Odyssey. I have like over 100 videos on there. So I, yeah, I, that was the, that's the nice place about Odyssey is that um, you, that stuff's just not going to get taken down over there. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, in order for you to take that video down, they'd have to take Odyssey down in order to do it. Okay, um, I, didn't, I didn't know that. It, it's it's a little it's a little harder to take it down because they kind of start using the blockchain to to store that stuff. Um, it's not quite like a bit shoot, um, which it's really weird because you know I. Odyssey, all my content goes obviously automatically when I post it on YouTube. But um, what's so weird is, uh, you know, I've been on BitChute for years. And that literally is that once you upload it, even you can't take that thing down. It's it's there. So if you screw it up, <laughs> everyone's there to see it. Um, what's so weird is I've been getting so much traction off of that, off that platform lately. I'm like, where did... Where did that come from? Just like all of a sudden, I just started getting like massive views over there. But um, 
that's the nice thing about these alternate platforms is that we can go out to these places, post things, and then, it, you know, they're not, we, we know we can do whatever we want and we're not going to get, you know, demonetized. Happened to me twice in one week uh, last month. Um, I, I don't know how, it's so weird because on a, on Monday I got demonetized. On a Tuesday, it was a manual review <clears throat> of the channel and they remonetized me. And then on Friday, I was demonetized again. Like, how do you demonetize me? And like, literally no changes to the channel had been made and no video had been posted and suddenly I was demonetized again. So, I mean, for, for everybody in the audience, I realized that when, when Ralph lost his channel and then created another channel and then lost it again, that is, that's, I mean, that's a lot. I mean, he, he's, that was targeted. That was a targeted attack. Yeah, I agree. Um, for, for me, I get a couple of videos taken down here and there. Fortunately, when the videos got taken down, they weren't like all at one time. Um, so I can take the channel strike, you know, ride out the channel strike for three months and then, um, you know, everything's okay again. But you lost everything. But it's great that your content still lives on somewhere else. Yeah. Because that's where, you know, that's, that's where a lot of people have learned how to fix their stuff. I mean, yeah, you too. I mean, yeah. it's just, it's crazy. So um, now, yeah. go ahead. No, I was going to say, yeah, because that, that's how I learned. So I feel like I kind of had, I don't want to say a, a purpose, but uh, I, I had a, a feeling like I had to give back for what I, I got. So all the knowledge that I got from uh, the forums, AR15.com and YouTube and all that, I felt like with the knowledge I gained from all of these different places, I had to contribute something as well. And like you said, yeah, they, they targeted me because I condensed all that information into one channel and I was giving it away in very detailed videos. Um, there was a video I had made for Timney when they dropped the... Uh, the Timney Alpha Trigger. Yep. When I first got, so I reached out to them. I said, "Hey, I have a small YouTube channel. I got like ten thousand subs. You know, I'd love to, to to do a review on this trigger. It's really hot. It's sold out everywhere. I can't get one. They sent me one. So I was looking for videos on uh, how to install it, and the only video at that time was this guy at the range. I mean, the cameraman must have been back like <laughs> twenty <laughs> feet." And I was like, okay, we can't see anything that he's doing. And he's like, we're just going to take this spring here and do this and that. I guess they were trying to show that it was so easy to install that you could do it quickly at the range. So he installed that thing in like three or four minutes. We didn't see anything. So yeah. I had to go in the forums and do some digging and find out where that little spring is because it, it's like it's like a, a SIG trigger where it has the, the reset spring as yep. opposed to just being a dead trigger. Um, just for the folks that may not know uh, or be familiar with that trigger. So it was a little tricky. And I took, you know, the camera overhead, shined a bunch of light on it, got close-ups. This is how this goes. The little leg of the spring goes in here and this is that. That video, I think, had like well over 100,000 views, way more than the actual Timney video. And people, video, yeah. People were commenting like, hey, man, this is way better than the video that Timney put out. <laughs> well, you see, and that's the thing is <clears> – <throat> What frustrated you as, as you know, I'll say a consumer of YouTube 
it frustrated me because that's where that, that's why I created my channel because it's like, hey, here's this gun. I'm gonna put this. In. See, done. You're like, I I have no idea what the hell you just did. Yeah. Right. Your hand was in the way the whole time, or it was dark, or your camera was out of focus and it was dark, um, or you had the camera completely somewhere else where it should have been. It's like there's got to be a better way of doing these videos. And that's why yeah. I like, you know, I, you had the same frustration I did. Yeah. And we're like, we're going to, this is not hard, right? It's not hard to solve this problem. You just got to have to, you just have to care. Yeah. And that's why I, you know, that's why I love your videos because I'm like, he had the same, he had the same journey I had, you know, uh, I had to go surf. Uh, you know, when I first started my channel, I was an FFL and gunsmith um, you know, I knew some things, but there are some things you just, you just don't look, you know, you have to learn. I mean, yeah. even though you're a gunsmith, you still have to learn some stuff, right? I, I understand how a sear works, but where's the sear in a SIG versus a Glock versus, you know, a Smith and Wesson, it, it, they're all different, right? So you have to learn the, the, the specific gun. And, um, yeah, I mean, y y everybody talks about the YouTube university. You can learn a lot out there. But only if the content's good. Other than that, you're just like, oh, I so, just wasted an hour searching for something that I, I still have no idea what to do. So the reason I got uh, to the point where I did is because I learned all the ways to not do it. So I, yeah. I was going through this journey of trying to convert the P80 to accept the Gen 4 and the Gen 5 slide. Because to me, the Gen 3 was like too easy of a build because I could complete yeah. it in like 20, 30 minutes. 30. Yeah, 30 minutes, you're done. And I was like, man, this is too easy. We need to find a way to make this harder, you know. So uh, I, I must have chopped up, I don't know, five or six frames to the point where I actually got one to the point where I was like, okay, I can make a video on this. But uh, I was trying to carve out that, uh, that recoil spring channel area there because yep. the front of the Gen 4 slides are a little wider so they don't rack onto a Gen 3 frame. So – after a while, that's all the channel became. I was just showing what could be done other than just the standard polymer 80. Um, got to a point where I even built a full Gen 5 polymer 80. The only thing that wasn't Gen 5 was the uh, the mag catch button. And that's just, you can't change that. It's a Gen 3. Yeah. But yeah, uh, yeah it had the, the, the ambi slide stop, the recoil spring. Everything was Gen 5. And it was all through trial and error. Like I messed up a lot of frames to get to the point where I was comfortable showing how to do that kind of stuff. And I think a lot of people are afraid to fail. They don't yeah. want to mess something up. So they don't even try it. And I think that's where um, I kind of stepped in because I wasn't afraid to mess stuff up. I was financially stable to me, a little $150 frame was no big deal. I was like, yeah, psh, whatever. If I mess up the frame, I'll just buy another one. Well, it's like me when, um, you know, I did the uh, how to fix, you know, how to fix a polymer 80 frame where I actually took a Dremel to the frame. And this was like, OK, you're not going to do this, this to your your gun. And if you screw up, you're not going to make this this big. But let's go big. Right. And I put half a, you know, a rotary bit through that thing, you know, the, the sanding drum and uh, like, hey, we're going to we're going to pull out some. Um, uh, oh, what the hell was it that that stuff I used? The um, JB Weld. The JB Weld. Let's pull yeah. some JB Weld out and see if we can fix this frame, right? I remember. And that. um, and it worked. I st I still have that frame today. It still works. 
Um, that was a 26 and then frame, the same one. It was a 26 frame. Uh, what's well, funny. Uh, I remember you did the, the pinhole videos on that. The uh, pinhole video on it. Yeah. So there's my first Palmer 80 frame ever. And it's a 26 <laughs> frame. You can see, everyone can see here. It was, it's, it's cut in half. Um, because I did claim that under warranty. Um, they sent you another one. They sent me another one, but I had to cut it in half and show them the picture. Yeah. Um, so um, I, I keep it just for nostalgia, right? Um, and that's the thing is that you just got to be. It was funny because um, that frame you could. I, I, I can't show it because there's just not enough light and, and resolution in the video. But uh -huh. the, you could see where I I, I started that that video on this frame okay. Um, where I started cutting into it. Um, but yeah, you just, you know, I was like, like, yeah, this frame's perfect, but let's screw it up and see what we can do. Right. Um, Cause yeah, I had the pinhole video because uh, the 26, the jig for the 26 would actually close with the frame, not in the right spot. Yeah, tilted. Yeah. It tilted. So I'm like, well, shit, well, I got to fix these now. I fix that. Let's see if we can do frame. Let's fix the frame, right? And then I get like comments in there. Like uh, that's the one thing I, I love about that video is the comments, because I'm like, I'm just going to see if I can do it, right? And then you scroll through those comments, and everybody's like, "Hey, yeah, you can do that, but if you do this instead," and then like everybody was taking that process and fixing, yeah, they're fixing it in the comments, and I'm reading this thing going. Well, shit, I never thought about that. Oh, yeah. damn, that's a better. Yeah. Right? And then, um, you know, one guy was like, well, you know, you can take the shavings from the Polymer 80 frame and mix it into the JB Weld. And, uh -huh. and I was like, wow. I mean, these people are thinking this one through. Yeah. Um, and then you get the comments like, well, I, I cut the channel too much and I cut one of the towers off. I'm like, yeah, no, dude, you, no, this is, this is a cosmetic fix, not a you know, you know, an actual, structural, yeah, yeah, structural thing. Um, but good luck with that one. Uh, but no, that's what I love. I love about this, about this community because people will just jump in and just go, you know, instead of going, well, I would have done this different and, you know, and be like a real dick about it. They're just like, Hey, that's, I've never thought about that. But and then they just start fixing. Yeah, it's like brain. It was awesome. It's like brainstorming in the live situation, uh, live scenario, yeah. I guess you could say. Because a lot of the videos I made were based on comments. They're like, "Well, what about this?" Or, "Oh, I have yeah. this issue." So when I saw that, you know, ten or twenty people had the same problem, I was like, "Oh, okay, this may be worth making a video about." Uh, but then also, like you said, you know, there was the keyboard warriors like, "Hey, you know, you could do it like this, this, and that." And I would always respond, "Okay, make a video." Show me. Yeah. Not Show many, me. Did, yeah. but I'll tell you, there was at least two or three that started channels just because of that. Like they were trying to prove themselves. And I was like, oh, okay, respect. So I would go in their video. Yeah. Hey, great video, man. Love it. Good job. Keep yeah. It I, it, it's so funny because, um, yeah, the keyboard warrior thing is, is, is a thing. Um, I, I will tell you, there's people. That, if you're like going, if if you're in my comments and you're being, uh, I can deal with criticism. I can't be, I can't deal with you being a dick, right? Yeah. yeah. If you want to criticize, I'm fine with that, right? If you think you can do better, awesome. You know, go do it. I I encourage everybody. If you can do a better video than me, I'll support you, right? Go do it. Uh, I'll even watch it. 
um, there's some that I, I've been, I've been surprised about, but most of them, they just kind of like go away, you know, cause, cause I'll be like, well, I, it's funny. I looked in your channel. I don't see a video. I don't see your video on this. Yeah. And you know, and, and you, it's because they number one, don't have a channel. Um, it's like, just go do it. You know, if you're going to be a dick about it, you, you guys, you go fix it. Um, but no, yeah. I love the community aspect where people just go in there and just go, let's do it. And you're the same way as me. It's like, I'm going to, I screwed up, I screwed up way more than I ever could imagine. I mean, just building ARs. How many, how many detents did I shoot around the, around the room before I learned how to control that? You know, you know? My, my first AR, uh, aluminum lower, I, I still have it in the box somewhere, but I tried to do it with, with just a hand drill and I completely butchered it, man. Oh, but uh, I kept it just because it looks so bad. And I, you know, I threw it on the vice and everything. And I was just going, and I was like, <laughs> I got this. I can do this. <laughs> no, I couldn't. <laughs> it was so bad. I saw um, this is years ago. I saw someone I, I, I almost bought it. But then I, there, there were some there would be some legal issues with buying it. Um, it was an 80 percent lower. Right. And they. Yeah, they got the sticker jig, right? It's a sticker that you put on, you do with a hand drill, right? That, yeah. And it was, dude, it was butchered. This thing was so bad. And the guy was just like trying to sell it for like 10 bucks, <laughs> right? And I was like, I just because it's so bad, I almost want to own it, right? But then it's like, well, it's no longer an 80 at that point. Is it even legal to sell yeah. and ship? Um, but yeah, it was. I, I've seen things where, yeah, I, I've seen some interesting things. I've I've had some guns come into the shop that I've had to fix, and it's just like, what the hell did you do to this? Thing? Yeah, just a touch um, on. That, though. I guess it depends on the state. Because since you said ship, yeah, that's definitely illegal. You can't do state yep. to state. But there are some states that do allow private face-to-face uh, -face transactions. Like I sometimes browse um, what's it called, TexasGunTrader.com. There's polymer 80s on there. So people are definitely selling their builds, man. And I think as long as you don't build it with the intent to be a distributor or a manufacturer, then it is legal. Like, let's say you've had this build for two years. It's just sitting in the safe. You never shoot it. In the state yep. of Texas, legally, you could sell that build. Mont and here in Montana, that's the exact same thing. Um, okay. You see, that's why the two of us picked the states that we live in right now. <laughs> it's just because of the freedoms. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it, it yeah as that's the hard part is the intent, right? As long as you don't intend to do that, um, but it just depends on the ATF agent you get too. But intent, intent kind of breaks down into like thought crime at that point, isn't it? Like exactly, we know, we know what you were gonna do. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. Know. No, it's it's a little it's a little minority reportish, right? Yeah. Um, it, it, but yeah, it, that intent is a tough thing. Um, but how many people have gotten jammed because of intent? And those are, you know, audio side. I'm using air quotes around intent. Well, I mean, it's very obvious when somebody buys 10 polymer 80s at a gun show paying cash and then goes and sells all of those. That's that's, that's intent. intent. That's intent. Yeah. But like I said, if you have it sitting in your safe for two years, you never shoot the damn thing. You can legally, depending on what state you're in, get rid of it. Yeah. And I even know. in some, I always told everyone, no, it's illegal. You can't sell your builds. And people are like, bro, you're tripping. Like maybe you're just in a bad state. And I was, I was in yeah. Maryland. You can't. You're in Maryland. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, so so since we talked about states, um, you escaped Maryland. Yeah. Uh, it's so funny because the first the first time the two of us talked, because um, I used to live in Maryland, and we're like, you know, like, I know exactly where you lived, um, and gun. Gun laws in Maryland were always weird, but they got bad. I mean, yeah. they went from weird to bad. 2013, it got a little bad, but then most recently, yeah, it got really bad. Um, so you escaped. You're like, I mean, you pulled the ripcord. You're like, I'm out um, and uh, and fled to Texas. So where... I, I had been planning for the last two years previous to the move to, to move to Texas. I, had, I have a brother who lives in uh, Houston, and I visited several times. It's hot, but uh, I felt like it was it a little was, bit. It was somewhere where I wanted to be. I visited uh, Dallas, Fort Worth, Houston, and then last I visited San Antonio. And something about it just felt like home. And it, it has this really, like I said, I was born in Brazil. It, it has this really cultural Brazil kind of vibe, if, if that makes sense. Um, I mean, just as far as like the buildings, the architecture, like everything looks really like third world, old, old school shit. And it just really reminds me of Brazil. So it kind of felt like home, you know. Um, but so it started with. In, I'm sorry, let me back it up. So 2013, Maryland passes a law where they banned certain weapons. So you couldn't buy an AK anymore. They uh, had this huge list, kind of like how California has with uh, yep. the, the, roster, the roster, the roster yep. of what you can't own. Um, so, you know, it, it stuck, it stuck around for the last like eight, nine years. And then in 2021, they got, uh, they, they caught wind of the whole polymer 80 situation, the ghost gun. Oh my God, ghost gun scary. So they, they banned it in certain counties. So Montgomery County is where I was living previous to moving uh, to Laurel. So I grew up in Silver Spring, Montgomery County, and then I moved to Prince George County, uh, Laurel. And in Prince George's, there, there was none of these restrictions. So what I was doing in Maryland was completely legal. But then, you know, like we were saying earlier, I was being targeted. So I guess uh, I made the politician in, in, made the politician hey, in that state hey, aware. Yeah, yeah. You know, they, they were aware of what was going on in their state. And uh, a lot of these guns started popping up in crime scenes in D.C. and Baltimore. So they were like, OK, this is starting to become a problem. And in June of last year, they officially passed the, the no unserialized uh, ban or whatever. So you can't even order a polymer 80 to, to, to Maryland anymore. Can't 3D print anymore. Uh, they've been had the magazine restriction for ever. Uh, I don't know, like <laughs> 10 years. Yeah, I think it, it was yeah. a long along with that 2013 ban. Yep. Um, but it, it wasn't illegal to possess. So you can have the 30 rounders, but you can't buy it or sell it in the yep. state. So we would just drive to Pennsylvania or Virginia or something. Yeah. Um, and it's completely legal to do that. It wasn't like we were breaking laws. That's just how dumb the laws are. Like, hey, yeah. you can't you can't buy this. Like, okay, yeah, you can have it, but you can't buy it. So we're like, yeah. uh, uh, so we'll just go to Virginia and get this shit. Um, and they, they, I guess they, how do I word this? By them changing the laws in such a way, it kind of 
was like the push I needed to move because I had been talking about moving to Texas for, you know, like two, almost three years. I had met Angry Sarge and he's like, yeah, you got to move out here, man. You got to come check out the, the Fort Worth area. And I did. I, I met Angry Sarge in, in, in person. <clears throat> uh, I went to his house. He showed me all his cool stuff, you know, but that area I just felt like wasn't for me, man. But like I said, once I, I checked out San Antonio, uh, I felt that was it. Yeah. I went back yeah. home. Um, I, I stayed in San Antonio for a week and I went back home. And that Monday I told my boss, Hey, this is my last two weeks. I'm moving. He's like, what you mean you're moving? I was like, I don't know. I'm a cash out my 401k and I'm going to Texas, man. I'm out. He's like, you're crazy. No way. Do you have a job? I was like, Nope. <laughs> I was like, I'll find one when I get there. I'll find one. Yeah. <laughs> I'll find. Well, and that's the thing is for what you do, it's it's not impossible to find a job. Yeah. So I'm in commercial HVAC. I do duct work and all that. So, yeah, the, there's yeah. work all over the country because there's big buildings, schools, buildings everywhere, everywhere. Yeah. yeah. So um, it's a good and, feeling. And that's kind of the thing is I, I was I was happy. So, you know, I I lived in Maryland. Um, I guess it was around. Crap. I don't know. Ninety. Seven, I think I moved to Delaware because like, you know, at, at that time I was living in Northern Maryland and, uh, and, you know, I went to high school, I actually went to high school in Delaware. Um, and I was just like, I, I gotta get out of Maryland. Cause I mean, this is before all the things really went crazy. Right. But you know, I remember buying a Glock 26 when they first came out I was and nothing. it was sitting at the FFL because I couldn't pick it up because it wasn't on the roster yet. <laughs> it, everyone knew it was going to be approved. It just wasn't approved yet. So it was my, my father. It, we, we had three there. It was uh, me, my father, and my mother. All, all three of us had Glock 26s just sitting there. And um, when it got approved, we went over, fi we filled out our 4473, and did our background check, and then waited our waiting period. Um, and then I, yeah, I remember moving to Delaware cause I was always jealous of, of my friends in Delaware because there's no waiting period. Uh, you know, it, it was, a, it was a fairly gun friendly state. Yeah. Um, you know, I was back there last week. There was a, a an Instagram post I put out there. It's like, uh, of me wearing my JSD shirt in Delaware because Delaware became such a gun unfriendly state. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, Dude, I am totally going to go rock this thing through Delaware because, yeah, you guys suck. Um, yeah, they banned movies and magazines and all that, right? Yeah. So, so I'm just like, what what happened to this state? I mean, it, Delaware was always a, a liberal state, but they didn't, they weren't like crazy liberal, right? There's, there's a lot of country out there. I drove, I did some work in Delaware for a couple get, of years. So, Southern Delaware, you go like a long time. There, all, all there is is chicken farms. Yeah, it's all country. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just like, you know, when I moved to, to Montana, there's just, eh, I won't say there's no laws here, but I mean, <laughs> there's, there's, let's just put it this way. There's not many more laws over the federal laws. Generally, they just adopted the federal laws. Uh, you know, everybody's talking about, oh, yeah. anybody in Maryland would freak out if they heard that being a Montanan, I'm allowed to own a fully automatic suppressed weapon as long as I don't have criminal intent. That's our law, right? Yeah. As long as I don't have criminal intent, 
I'm allowed to own it. Can you imagine them thinking, you know, California, Maryland, New York, Rhode Island, them going, holy shit, you can own fully automatic weapons? Yeah. I, I know of six within a quarter mile of my house. Hold on. <laughs> because I'm, I'm under the impression that it is legal to own as long as it's a pre-86. Yep. But you're saying yeah. some states, even if it's pre-86, you can't have it? Can't have it. Oh, Okay. Because it won't be it won't be on their roster. Okay, I get it. Right? Yeah. Um, stupid man. Yeah. So so here it's just it's they took the federal law and just put as long as you don't have criminal intent on the backside of it, that's Montana law. Um, you know, and then uh, I I got a chance to well, through that infamous letter that two of us are on, um, I got to meet our our. Uh, Montana Attorney General, who was actually on the podcast, he wrote a letter to YouTube about pulling my video down, going, hey, there was nothing criminal that he did. There was nothing illegal. He was laying out federal law and all this stuff. He wrote a four-page letter. It was, it was an amazing letter. I mean, he openly recognized 80% firearms are perfectly legal. This is a state attorney general. This, um, was a, this was a few months ago, right? This was a few months ago. And yeah. that's why I'm like, I love, I love living in this state. Um, my attorney general openly says 80% fire alarms are perfectly legal and there's nothing wrong. Um, so, I, you know, like you living down in Texas, we just got, we have these states that we live in that are just so free that, um, you know, it's really what it just don't be an ass is the law. You know? I think, yeah, I agree. As long as you're not harming someone else or an animal or something, you should be able to do whatever you want. Yeah. So I, that's what I love. I, I was happy that you escaped the, the tyranny of Maryland. It sucks. It sucks that you had to do it. Uh, I'm happy that you're in a safe place and considering that, what you're doing now, there's no way you could do it back there. No, um, the help that the help that you're you're doing the community right now, there's no way you could do it back there. I mean, yeah. you're not. It's not even just the hey, I'm building. It's hey, I'm building, and I'm going to teach you how to do this stuff. Yeah, um, which is awesome. Which leads me to the next thing uh, is Freedom Crew University, um, which is so funny because. You're the one that got me involved in that because um, I remember getting the text from you like, hey, Kenny, Marine gun builder is looking for you. And I was like, oh, well, shit. <laughs> well, <laughs> wonder, wonder what he wants, right? Because I'd sent him an email like years ago going, hey, let's do a collaboration. He never got the email. Um, <laughs> what's weird is he had sent me one. So, hey, let's do a collaboration. And I never got it. So we would have collaborated like, Two or three years ago, and we never and we we missed the opportunity twice. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I'm like, I'm like, okay, what's he want? And then this whole Freedom Crew University thing. So, talk to me a little bit about the classes you're going to teach because this is for for those of you in the podcast uh, is listen to the podcast or watch the podcast that maybe have missed it just about every podcast this year. Um, we, I've talked about this Freedom Crew University where. You know, we've been censored out of the mainstream 
So, you know, Marine Gun Builder kind of pulled us together as, as builders and created this thing where you can learn one-on-one or in a classroom with a class of no more than six. And it's not going to cost an arm and a leg to do this. So talk a little bit about the classes that you're going to, you're going to teach over there. Right on. So, yeah, I'm focusing mainly on polymer 80s, Glock assembly and 3D printing. Uh, but, yeah, it is funny you mentioned that because, yeah, he had called me one morning. I was at work and he's like, Ralphie, I was like, hey, what's going on, man? Long time no talk. He's like, man, I've been, you know, working on something crazy here. You might like it. And uh, he started talking to me about it. And he said, you remember that guy, Rogue Banshee? I was like, yeah, I went on his podcast, you know, not too long ago. He's like, you got his number? like yeah he's like can you put us in touch tell him tell him i want to talk to him and that's when you know i sent you the text and uh yeah yeah i mean that's always been my thing as far as uh because i do a show every friday night called uh the roast it used to be called roasting your build and before that yep. it used to be called, i had a gun i had a gun on one of your roaster builds we're gonna, um, we're gonna the, need to come on as a guest sometime man <laughs> yeah definitely because because i had the i had the um the 1911 that I built that had the hippie flash. Yeah. Um, Cause I remember um, Mr. Snow was on that and uh, he was kind of, he was kind of roasting it, but not quite. And I remember sending him a message going, what, you don't like hippie flash? And he goes, Oh shit, that was your gun. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, that was my gun. <laughs> but yeah, that's, that's what I like to do. I like to bring the community together. I feel like it, we are stronger in numbers. Um, <sighs> There's a lot of drama here and there, man, and it's it's kind of hard to ignore it because it happens so often. But my intention has always been to help as many people as possible, to bring as many creators as possible together to show that we are united. Um, and I think some of that kind of gets washed out, you know, through some controversial takes I may have on social media here and there. But my intention has always been to help others build, to help others do things the correct way the first time. And this is why me and MGB always got along because we have the same mindset of, he calls it first time quality. I call it running flawless from day one. Yeah. <laughs> like it should not jam, you know, oh, a hundred rounds. It's got to break in. Like I've always been against that whole mentality. It should run from day one. Um, and, and that's what I've always shown people. Every build video I've ever put out, I was like, hey guys, just finish this. Here's a box of 50. Let's see how this goes. And it always runs flawless. And if I did ever have issues with it, I would make a video specifically on it. Oh, well, this part didn't work with this one. So it was causing slide drag or I forgot to level sand the rails. So I like to thoroughly go down that, you know, rabbit hole of diagnosing so that you understand why things are happening. So I do want to bring this to Freedom Crew University where uh, folks that actually want this information can get it, you know, one on one. So ask me questions, you know, ask me why this does this. Why does the trigger bar uh, bend up like that? Why? Why? You know, whatever. I, I most likely will know the answer. And if I don't, we can work through the problem together because that's what I'm I'm good at diagnosing and fixing stuff. Troubleshooting like I, I like mechanical shit just yeah learning how things work together how certain parts like i'm a car guy so i i like complex things <laughs> and, that, and that's kind of the i mean it, it, i'm kind of the same way right because i like taking uh, since i was a kid it's so funny because yeah. um my sister my sister watches some of my videos sometimes and she goes i remember when you're a kid taking your like bike apart 
um, I was always taking crap apart. I mean, yeah, me not because it was broken, just because I'm like, let's figure this thing out, right? How, how does this thing work? Yeah, you want to um, understand it. Yeah, so I just, it, it, you know, when I when I got bigger, my toys just became a little more complex, and yeah. uh, and they they go boom when you uh, when you squeeze a trigger, <laughs> um, and that's and that's what I love about it because like like uh, both of us are are. You know, we do content. Well, actually, just everybody, we were just talking about this last night. So for those of you watching or listening, uh, we're recording this Saturday. Friday night was a live. Um, you can watch it on my channel and a couple of other channels as well because we streamed to six channels all at once last night. Yeah, that was um, And uh, everybody listening to this, this releases on Monday. So just uh, go back a few days on my channel. Um, we were talking about this because the content creators that that are in this thing that we're all together on we're all doing this we're not doing this for glory we're doing this because we like to show people how to do things we yeah. like to transfer knowledge we want you to understand what's going on we want you to be able to do something we want you to learn a skill um i mean let's face it we're, we're not going to get rich off this stuff trust me um but we want to transfer that knowledge and unfortunately traditional traditional social media does not allow us to do that. So we had to, I will say we, Marine Gun Builder had to come up with another way of sharing that knowledge and then yeah. grabbed all of us to come along with them. Yeah. Um, and that's what's great about it because I, I love, I trust me, I love your troubleshooting videos um, because I'm just like, sometimes I, it's like, I know how a gun works, but sometimes I don't know. Something something just doesn't click with me, right? And you just need someone else to learn it from. And that's where I used to watch your videos. I'm like, this is awesome. Yeah, I'm a visual learner as well. So if I see something and it makes sense in my head, I got it. You know, it just takes that one time. Um, but yeah, it's like you like you mentioned. It's it's never been about the money for me. I I I have a good job. I don't need to do this. Um, I do it because I enjoy helping and teaching um yeah i mean i made a little bit of money on youtube monetization maybe two or three hundred bucks a month when i was yeah. like at my prime and uh yeah they took that away from me man and even through you know olight and sponsorships and little affiliate link money here and there it's like 50 bucks a month here 20 bucks there like it's not yeah life it's not much money. But no. it did help to keep the channel going as far as like funding ammo and all that. But uh, that was that was never my intention. I didn't come into this like, oh, I'm going to be a big, big time YouTuber star and I'm going to make a million dollars a year. Like that's never been in my head. I'm OK with working a job. You know, I don't know. I enjoy what I do for a living, man. It's It's exactly what I do here, except with hvac so it's all troubleshooting yeah. and it's installing it's all mechanical you got to find out how to get this thing over that thing and you got to work with this guy so that you both coordinate to to be able to make that space work properly it's a lot of uh mind what am i trying to say uh it's a mental game in a sense like you're yeah always challenging yourself i don't like to to sit idle i kind of i feel like i'm useless if i'm not doing something productive <laughs> it, you're like uh, you're like me uh, it's i always say if you ever want to torture me make me sit still 
that will kill me. <laughs> right? Make me sit in a chair and stand and stay still. You will kill me. Yeah. I can't do it. Um, I've got to be doing something. I um, you know, and I and I'm somewhat of an insomniac. You know, I'll I'll get you know four or five hours of sleep at night. You know, I'll wake up and then my mind is racing and I've got to do something. Yeah. Um, so I get I get that. I mean, for me, when I film videos, generally, unless I'm at the range, generally the videos I film are at like three o'clock in the morning. And I'll get I'll get comments like, "Well, that's not how you pronounce this." I go, "At three o'clock in the morning, when you have four hours of sleep, it's exactly how you pronounce it." <laughs> um, uh, yes, I realize it's it's real avid, not real avid, but guess what? Um, you probably say it's a clip instead of a magazine, so uh, you know we're, we're even, right? It's funny you say uh, that because yeah, this English is not my first language, so a lot of times when I'm doing videos, I'll have to like work through a, a word or something, and I'm like, uh, is this how you say it? Because it yeah. looks like this, but I want to say it like that. Um, You're translating so I, it in your head. Yeah, so I, I get that, and also like doing live streams, I, you're trying to keep it going. So your mind is like trying to stay one step ahead and then you'll look at a comment and it'll completely throw you off. And it, it, it's, uh, yeah, doing this is not easy, man. I've had a lot of people ask me for help. Like, hey, how do I get started? I want to do a, you know, make videos, start a YouTube channel. And I'm like, yeah, are you good at speaking? Like, are you good at, <laughs> you know, <laughs> that yeah. Working, are, you, are, are you okay with comments about you, your physical appearance, uh, or any trait that may come across different, uh, yeah. you you need to be comfortable and you need to be very secure with yourself. Exactly. Um, once again, this goes back to not being afraid to fail because everyone makes yep. mistakes, but it's the person that's afraid to make mistakes that will never get anywhere. So I, I'm only still here in this place because I'm not afraid to make mistakes. I, I make mistakes every day, all the time. I get called out for it. And that's how you learn. You move. And you learn from whatever little shit you did wrong. I remember, uh, I remember a job interview I had. It was 2006. It was a job that brought me back to Montana because um, I had lived in Montana before. <laughs> um, and I remember going through this interview, and it was with the the COO of the company. And he goes, "What's your philosophy on mistakes?" You know, and I'm sitting there looking at him going, I, I've never been asked this question before, but this is my, this is my general philosophy. You know, I don't try to make mistakes. You know, I try to, I try to do the best job that I can, mm -hmm. but I know that I'm going to make a mistake. I go, the issue, uh, the deal with that is, is what do you do after the mistake is made? That's what it is. I go, Every mistake is just a learning opportunity. Like you said, you learn so many different ways. It's kind of like the Ed, uh, is it Edison uh, with the light bulb? You know, yeah. it it was he didn't he didn't fail ninety nine times. He it was ninety nine ways not to make a light bulb. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of my whole philosophy. You go, I don't try to make mistakes. Um, any employee that works for me, I understand they're going to eventually make a mistake. It's own it, get through it fix the problem and then analyze what happened and why it's not going to happen again. I agree. Right. Um, I think it's a matter of, uh, was it a calculated mistake or was it a careless yeah. mistake? You exactly. Know? Exactly. Um, yeah. so it's, you 
don't be afraid to make a mistake. Learn, learn from it, and then move forward. Uh, you know, you know, you might make a mistake here. You'll learn from it, not make that mistake, but still make another mistake right afterwards because yeah. you're you're dealing with thirty steps. Well, there are thirty places where you can make a mistake. Yeah, That's building a polymer eighty, there's several steps that you can screw up pretty bad. That's um, say that because I've been. <laughs> So I'm at this new company I'm at, you know, I'm usually very well aware of my surroundings. I'm usually on top of my shit. But for some reason, I don't know if I'm like cursed at this company or what, but every week something happens. And it's to the point where they started calling me Wreck-It Ralph. Wreck like, Ralph. Yeah, I was like, listen, guys, I'm really good at stuff, okay? I don't know what's going on. <laughs> so I keep making dumb little mistakes because I'm, I guess I'm too confident in what I'm doing that I may, like I said, maybe I miscalculated something. Um, <laughs> yeah. People make mistakes all the time. I'm a professional. I'm a licensed uh, journeyman in sheet metal, but somehow some way when you get too comfortable, you find a way to make a mistake. Yeah. I, I, I agree. Um, I, I totally agree with that because it, 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 it it's tough, right? I mean, especially like, for you, thinking about you, you're ha you have a multi-floor building that you're working on. Yeah, you got a lot of crap going through your head. Yeah, right. Um, and that's the same thing if we go over to gun building. We got a lot of crap going on in our head. Yeah. Um, it's like I I know I got to get this part in, but this part can't go in until this part goes in, right? And um. I mean, I, I look back at building ARs. How many times they put the trigger and hammer in, and then try to put the uh, put the safety in and go, well, shit, that the <laughs> damn trigger's in the way now, right? <laughs> uh, I mean, you, I, I've made that mistake so many damn times until finally I just don't make it anymore. But it's like I, I, I'm so focused on trigger hammer. Oh shit, that doesn't go in now. Okay, let me pull the hammer out, pull the trigger, kind of put this thing in but yeah no it happens when you got a lot of things going on sometimes you just don't think that one step ahead that's what that's what that's what gets you yeah i agree sometimes make the it little mistakes. yeah it just happens uh, well you maybe. see you can just blame it on the heat down there in texas well it's been it's been kind of chilly lately but uh <laughs> Yeah, it'll go from like 30 one day to like 85 the next day. It's crazy down here, man. But I, I love it. Couldn't ask for, for a better place to live, man. See, we go the other way. We get we get the extreme cold in the wintertime to, um, to moderate weather in the summer. Um, and then even when it gets up to the 100, you know, up to 100 here, it's like 20% humidity. So it's like rolling around like it's 80 degrees. Like, hey, it's a little warm today. Yeah. Um, not like, holy God, this is so hot. Like, I mean, you lived in Maryland, you know, you have the 100 degree days with 100% humidity. You like step outside, you turn into a sweat ball, like yeah. instantly. Yeah. Um, and down here, uh, this was my first experience with like extreme heat, where it was 105 to 110 every day for like three months. I had never yeah. experienced this before. In Maryland, yeah, maybe twice three or yeah. four times max a year, but for three months, nonstop every day, it was like 105 degrees. So 
definitely tested my uh, my endurance. <laughs> Uh, but in San Antonio, it's not really humid. It was like 30 to 40 percent. So Which is it, big. It, it was, that, that helps a lot. Yeah, it was bearable, definitely. But uh, now I'm, I'm starting to like the heat more. Like living in Maryland, I used you're, to always like the cold better. You're getting I, climatized. Well, yeah, in a way. But I, <laughs> I always felt like it's easier to put on layers than it is to just be sweating. But yeah. after – living through that it makes more sense uh i rather now sweat than to have freezing cold hands and toes so <laughs> sweat you know you just wipe it off take a shower but freezing cold sucks man <laughs> well that's like see and that's the difference between what you and i do for me you know here in montana uh the week before christmas our high was still in the negative digits <laughs> that's our high for a week yeah, that's all right so and, um, you know, our lows were like negative 30. You know, I th actually, I did the video where I was actually testing gun oils. I was putting gun oils outside in the negative uh, <laughs> temperatures that week just to see if they'd freeze, right? Yeah. So I remember, I remember pulling one in uh, or pulling them in. It was negative 35 that morning when I pulled them in. The oil was and, frozen. Uh, what's that? The oil was frozen. Uh, well, I can't give away the video because there was five oils, but there was one that was, there, there was one that I would definitely not use during, uh, that type of climate. Um, uh, but there were, there were a couple that, that I, I was like, yeah, that's no problem. Um, but yeah, uh, you, you get, for me, I, I work indoors, so yeah, it's cold. I'll layer up because I just got to get from the car to the front door. You know, yeah. it's different than if I was going to be outside all the time. Yeah. Or, it's I mean, because you think about it, if you're in a brand new building, it's not like it's not like the HVAC is installed because you're doing it. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so this video with the oils is that coming out soon? That's something you're working. It's on? out. It's out. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's it's out. Um, let's see here. I'm gonna log in the studio. Um. Yeah, it was five oils. Um, it was uh, one. Uh, it was uh, Aegis. Uh, Aegis was one oil. Two from Real Avid. CLP. Did you add some CLP in there? Uh, one of the one was CLP from Real Avid. Um, let me see here. Real Avid makes CLP. Yeah, that's right. Oh, mine says the Safari Land Group Break Free CLP. There's a different one? Yeah. Oh, okay. So, I have the little black bottle. Yeah. Break free. So, yeah, that that's – but that's not real avid that you have. Okay. Um, this stuff's fairly new. Um, yeah, the stuff I've been using recently is uh, – so I'll use the Hopes 9. Is it – all right. You're the American. <laughs> you say, is it Hopes or Hops? Hoppy, hoppies. Hoppies. Hoppies 9? Hoppies 9. <laughs> And for Greece, I'll use the shooter's choice. So okay, it's, so it's so really I'm I'm not gonna I'm not give it away, but um, I will tell you that if you watch this video, um, and I'll send you the link, you well, you're not in the extreme cold either. So, but if you're in the extreme cold, you might rethink the Hoppies Nine after this video. <laughs> okay, just I saying. I'll, uh, I'll, I will, sh I'll share the screen out for you. Um, 
And for those of you on the uh, audio side, I'm sorry. Just got to go to the channel. Um, but let me see here. Present. Are you familiar uh, with FP10? I am. I haven't used it, but I, I know some people that have. Yeah, I went through a bottle of that. That was the best shit I've ever used. I only went back to the Hopi's Night because I still had some. So if you see the thumbnail, it says, did it freeze? And it's pointing to a very specific bottle. Oh, no. I have the bad one. <laughs> <laughs> but again, again, you're not going to be a week in negative uh, temperatures like I am. Yeah. So uh, okay. just saying. Just saying. Um, that it, there, uh, there's a little bit of a giveaway at the thumbnail of that video. Um, but yeah, so, uh, it, it was interesting cause I left that, I left that stuff out there for a week and where the high was still negative. I think the high for that week, I think the high was like negative six for the week. Negative six was the high. That's brutal. was the high for the week. So it, it gets cold up here. Um, it, those are, those are, you get two really bad weeks a year in the wintertime and usually two bad weeks in the summertime. Other than that, it's not usually that bad. Like I think today, what was it today? Um, I know yesterday we were in the thirties. Are you up Thir by uh, What's that? Are you up by Canada? Well, yeah. So it's currently 37. So I am halfway between uh, Glacier National Park and Yellowstone. Okay. National Park. So, um, yeah, we're up here. Uh, Canada, the U.S.-Canadian border, about a five-hour drive from here. Okay. I got you. Um, I can't confirm or deny that I've been at the border where I have stood in both countries at one time. <laughs> but I will say that the firearm was in the U.S. side. <laughs> <laughs> right on. Right on. Um, but anyways, yeah, it's, um, yeah, you can get, you can get up to the border. There's a lot of places that, uh, dude, I was at a former border crossing that used to be open. Like, I, I think they closed it 30 or 40 years ago. Um, but there's the old court and there's just a, all they did is they just took the road and they dug a big trench through the road. Like, oh, this side's Canada. That side's the United States. Uh-huh. Um, there's no fence or anything, no wall. Oh hell no, 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 no wall, no fence. And you're, as you're standing there on either side, it's clear cut. All the wood, you know, all the all the wood is clear cut for probably about uh, ten yards on either side. So as you're sitting there, you just look down. As far as you can see, that's border. Yeah, and it's just a straight line across the whole thing. Yep. So. Yeah, not, not not a lot of people there to actually guard us from the Canadians. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm I'm by the south border. I think I'm two hours away from Mexico or something, but I've never been down there. But I'm pretty sure that border is a little more uh, heavily guarded. <laughs> yeah, especially especially with uh, especially with your governor going, "Ah, oh, screw it, we'll just finish the wall for you." <laughs> Yeah, I, I haven't been keeping up, man. I'm, I'm, I've honestly never been in the politics until I got into firearms, and that's simply because it kind of comes with it. Yeah, you uh, kind of got thrown into it with the guns. Right, but I'm not really a conservative, but I'm not a liberal. I'm, I, I have, yeah. you know, just standard morals of a, 
yeah. uh, I was going to say Hispanic man, but I'm not Hispanic. I recently found out I'm actually considered white since my, I speak Portuguese. So not really <laughs> Hispanic. And, and, says, and, and says before we started recording, I said that you look like Jordan Vinro. And you're like, yeah, I could tell you that guy. <laughs> yeah, I've got a... <laughs> What is it? Uh, Netherlands blood or something? I forgot where it's from. Up there in Europe somewhere, but yeah. Well, that's that's the funny thing is, I mean, we're all we're all a, a breed of something, right? Some I mean, European, yeah. <laughs> I mean, and that's just the that's just the way we are. I mean, um, like I I didn't know until shit like twenty years ago. I didn't know that my grandfather was Canadian. I had no, no idea. Um, I'm like, well, shit, I had no, I, I, he was, he had, I didn't know that until after he died that yeah. he was Canadian. And I'm just like, oh, that's kind of weird. I, I had, I thought granddad was from the South. Well, yeah, that's where he was, but that he was actually Canadian before that. Um, but yeah, so it's, uh, it's funny when you start finding all these like little things out about, you know, your, about where you come from. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, it, it's, I, I find it, I find it interesting, you know, people, I, I like it where people go as like, yeah, we need to secure a border. You're racist. No, <laughs> I just want our border secure. Yeah. It has nothing to do with race. I, I, I'm, if you want to immigrate here, I'm all for it. Just do it legally. Yeah. Um, I don't care. Like I said, yeah, I'm I'm not into the whole political thing. I I I just believe people should be able to do whatever they want, uh, as long as they're not harming someone else or you know animals or something. They do whatever you want. You're into some crazy weird stuff. Do that in your free time. Who cares? You know. It's like, yeah, uh, yeah. You're 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 a little more libertarian. Um. I guess I don't want to be tied to a certain name, and and, and, I, and there's nothing wrong with not being tied. I, I, I that's why I say you're a little more libertarian. I didn't say you were libertarian. Okay. Um, because like I have a very basic philosophy. I tell everybody that my religion is a lot like my politics. I'm a Jasonist. <laughs> I have right. I have my own beliefs. I like that. Yeah. That's just the way it is. And I remember somebody got somebody got into argument with me about, especially religion. I go. All right, well, you're a Catholic, yeah? Do you believe everything that the Catholic Church tells you? No. Then you're not a Catholic. Period. You're yeah. not. And I think uh, there, I think the guy's name was Bob. I go, you're a Bobbist. And he goes, I never thought about that. I go, <laughs> I go there's nothing wrong with it. I don't care. I, I could care less. No. As long as, you know... Uh, I remember I was talking to someone um, and I found out that they were gay and they were like really nervous about it. And I, and they, and they were telling me about that and I go, I don't give a shit. And they're like, well, some people have a problem with it. I go, do you go around kicking puppies or throwing kittens off of bridges? No. Sound like a pretty good, nice guy to me. Right. <laughs> so, sound like a good person to me. Um, and people could do whatever they want in their free time, man. It's just about not. being a good person. Um, I'm, I'm not religious. I don't go to church. I used to when I was little, but my family all went to like different churches and it was always some big drama. So it like steered me away from all that. Yeah. Um, and then in my mid twenties, I started like trying to discover, like, at one point I was like atheist. I was like, oh, there's no God. The world is all evil and all this. And I realized that thinking was leading me downhill because when you don't believe in something, 
Uh, what's that? What's that saying? If you don't believe in something, you'll fall for anything. Yeah. Um, so well, I, I realized you have to have some sort of belief, some sort of faith in something. And I, I say God. Some people say Mother Nature. Some people say the universe. I don't know who the God is. I don't know if it's a male, a female, an alien. Doesn't matter. I think as long as you have a fundamental belief that there is a higher power controlling everything and that we're just acting it out and you have good morals and you have good intentions and you do good on others, you're fine. You're going to have a good life. But when you start saying, oh, I did this or trying to take credit for everything, I'm the man, there is no God. Like, yeah, your life's going to go downhill pretty quick. Yeah. It's, it's And that's a tough, that's a tough thing. I, I, when I talk to people about that, like I'm not a religious person, but I'm spiritual. Right. Um, it's just one of those things is I don't, I have a hard time fitting it like, like you, I have a hard time fitting in a box. Um, and I I mean, I grew up a very, in a very conservative house, fairly religious house. Um, and then as I grow up, grew up and I started thinking, I started thinking for myself and like, I remember, I remember mom saying that, you know, when you were a kid, you have no idea how many PTA meetings that your father and I went to <laughs> that you were the biggest pain in the ass to the teacher. And I was like, well, well okay, that's kind of weird. She goes, no, she goes, the, the, the whole thing was is you were a pain in the ass because you dared to ask the question, why? Yeah. Like some, someone would say, you know, a teacher would be up there, go, this is blue. And the first thing out of your mouth is why? Because you want to, uh, you want to understand that, it. Yeah, I wanted to understand it, right? And um, and there's uh, that's when I really, you know, I, I guess I always knew as a kid that I just did not fit in a box. It just I tried to fit in that box, and it didn't work. Um, so you know, I have a very, I'm a Jasonist. That's where I came up with a Jasonist. You're a Ralphist. Um, Sounds like it, that's yeah. just. I, I, I tell people that whatever you do is between you and whatever God or deity you may or may not believe in. Yeah, I agree. That's it. That's it. it, we it all, it's not, we all it's have, not for me to judge you. We all have a moral compass. We all know right from wrong. And when we do bad things, we feel it in our stomach. We feel, you know, it's, I don't want to say that scared feeling, but it's, it's that feeling when you know you're doing something wrong and some people still choose to do it. And then they wonder why, you know, bad things happen in their life. And they say, oh, I have such bad luck or this. No, it's based on your choices. You're making the wrong choices. Make better choices yeah. and better things will happen. Yeah. Well, so far, God, we, we went all the way to Gambit through <laughs> from guns and all the way through religion. What's funny is just kind of looping that back around uh, as you're talking about that. You know, some people would say what we do is wrong. We, you know, where we're, we're teaching people how to build guns. And I'm like, I don't see it as being wrong. I totally do not see that as being wrong. Oh, yeah. We are passing knowledge on from one person to another. We're yep. not breaking a law. Yep. Um, it, it's perfectly legal unless unless you're in a in Maryland um, or California, California. California or, yeah. <laughs> or yeah, uh, unless you're in one of those evil states. Um, and if you are, then what the hell are you doing to, to change it? Get out of there. Right? <laughs> Get out of there. Um, 
are you familiar with Reno May? I'm sorry to cut you off there. Yes, I do. Yeah, I, I know who he is. This man refuses to leave. He said, I will be the change of this state. He said he's going to single-handedly be the savior of California. And I give him mad respect for that because everyone keeps telling him, leave, leave, leave. He's like, no, I will not let this state go to shit. It's Well, and, and you know, if you think about it, go back to California in the 90s. It wasn't that bad. I mean, don't get me wrong. It wasn't always. It wasn't like it was a very gun friendly state, but it wasn't the. It wasn't the hellhole it is now, yeah. right? Um, however, I do like watching Gavin Newsom getting up there and crying about how all this shit's getting overturned in court. Um, <laughs> yeah, that that's fun. Um, sorry, I mean, I, 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 not that I, I want to, uh, to uh, take pleasure in someone else's pain, but I don't mind that one. Um, because, quite frankly, that's where I see is evil. Um, he's he's holding people back. He's yeah. we have a basic right to self defense. Um, you know, when I wrote uh, when I wrote into the ATF for the comment period for the Paul or not for the polymer well polymerase in there, but the whole frame reclassification thing. You know, I ended that. I go, you know, do not end. Uh, what did I say it was like. Don't kill an American tradition that predates America. We've been, we've been building guns. We've been building guns here in our houses since before there was even a country. Yeah, that's right. Don't don't kill it. Um, I, I even put in there. I go, you never know. Um, today's uh, today's person building up uh, building a, a an eighty percent firearm just might be tomorrow's John Browning. Yeah. And uh, I believe this is all about control, man, because up until the early 1900s, it was still a free country. And I, I think uh, I think it was the Italians that came over and they started the whole mafia movement. And that led to a lot of our government becoming corrupt because they had power and influence from the mafia. And now I truly believe the entire world is run by the mafia because it's all so corrupt it doesn't make sense the entire uh we could talk about this for hours man i know we're, we're starting we're starting to sound like we're on dld after dark's podcast now <laughs> <laughs> yeah but it's all about control they want to disarm us because if we're disarmed and we're uh feminine we're, then we're, we're more we're, likely to to be submissive and accept whatever they have for us we're a threat to their power Yes. That's all it is. It's control and power. Yeah. Um, you know, like I, I, I say, I, I hate politicians. I openly say I hate politicians. Um, there are a few I like. Yeah, I got into an argument um, with someone. <laughs> it's so funny. Okay, this is when Obama became president. And this guy's like, yes, Obama's president. And I'm like, you're an idiot. He goes, well, you're just mad that – who was running against him? Romney? I think it was the first time. Uh, you're just mad that Romney lost. And I go, no, I'm, I'm pissed because you think a politician's going to make a change. Mm. And he yep. looks at me. He's like, what? I go, you do realize there's more than two parties, right? Nope. And he's like, no, he's diehard Democrat. Democrat. Yeah. And I was like, I I'm, I'm number one pissed that you can't think outside outside the box. And number two, I'm pissed that you think that a politician is going to make a change. You know, everybody's like, Obama's going to kill guns. 
Uh, trust me, I was an FFL during the Obama time. I got my FFL during Obama time. That guy sold more guns than anybody. Um, and they had control of the, the House, the Senate, and the White House, and they didn't pass gun control. You know, uh, from you saying that, it, it just brought up something in my head here. Um, so I, I think Donald Trump was hated as much as he was because he was a threat to their system. He was the only person that came up that was actually not part of their whole little crew because everyone from like the time of Kennedy, uh, I think it was Nixon, uh, Reagan, both the Bushes, Clinton, uh, Obama, all these guys have all been part of the same little group of people in power and they just keep passing it down from president to president. And Trump was the first guy that wasn't in their little group, which is why all the news media kept talking shit about him. Because yeah. they, they run all of that shit. They run all the media. Yeah. They run all the, the, the big companies. So they knew he was going to expose everything. And he did a pretty good job of bringing a lot of stuff to light. Um, so I'm definitely interested to see what's going to happen if he gets elected again, man. Because he is the last chance we have at fighting this little group of powerful people. And uh, so what I like to call politicians, I like to call them the ruling class. Yeah, there's a class. There's a class system in the United States, and the ruling class is at the top. You don't get elected to an office, make one hundred and seventy-eight thousand dollars a year, and come out a millionaire. Yeah, Congress, um, and have and have uh, health care for life, um, and like the premier life health care, not the shit that the rest of us got to deal with. Um, it's it's a class system. There there's they are the ruling class, um, and they do not like having their power challenged. Yeah, that's why that's why they're saying, you know, eh, th this pisses me off. I remember going through college, and they go, you know, you're not to, you're not supposed to see color, right? You're not supposed to say he's black, he's yellow. You know, you're not. You know, they're brown. You're not supposed to see color. Okay, so they train us not to see color. Awesome, you know, it's a great idea. You're a human. You're an American. You're a human. Awesome. Now all of a sudden we need to see color. And if you don't see color, you're racist. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I, I was told that if I saw color, I'm a racist. No, if I don't see color, it's like, God, these, these people have us fighting against ourselves. Yes. So that way we're not paying attention to what the hell they're doing. Yes, I agree. That's like how the whole uh, the, the balloon thing getting shot down. Everyone's ignoring what's going on in Ohio right now. That yep. shit is like nuclear fallout in like a yeah. hundred mile radius. I have a buddy who lives in Michigan. He said his his area is affected by that. And it was like hundreds of miles away. So well, I, I don't and know. And then even then, what what happens when um when what, what's his name? Buddick that's in charge of all that stuff, right? What is he Instead of talking about this rail, railroad derailment or this train derailment spilling chemicals and, and toxic fires, instead of talking about that, he's talking about how the white people are taking away jobs from minorities. Like, dude, that's yeah. not even in, in government. That's not even in your lane. <laughs> no, it's, it's part of the, like you said, they want us to keep fighting each other. That way it makes it easier for them. Leave us distracted. Yep fighting each other while they keep getting more and more power, adding more taxes, taking away more rights. Um, you know, to be honest, man, I never thought I'd be in this situation that I'm in. 
Um, I've always liked, you know, making little videos and being creative and building stuff, but I never thought I would be in a position where people would actually take what I'm saying seriously and taking it as yeah. advice, you know? So it, it's kind of humbling to, to realize that some days. And it, it's also overwhelming because I, I, I want to respond to everyone because I do get a lot of messages. Hey, please help me with this. Or, Oh, what's going on with that? I, I can't figure this out. Where do I get these files? And some days I, I feel like, man, why, why me? Why did they keep yeah, yeah. You know, asking me? And then I realized that, well, I put myself in this position, but at the same time, I, didn't really choose it. I feel like I was. Yeah, I kind you, of got steered into it, and I just kept you get, going. You got you got pushed into it without actually being pushed. Yeah, yeah. It just felt yeah. like something you get, was pulling me. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. I get it. It's there. There are sometimes I get comments or questions, and I so just want to write. Do you not know how the hell Google works, right? <laughs> well, seriously, do you not know how Google works? Yeah. Because guess how I came up with that answer. Well, a lot of these are feds. I think it depends on where they yeah. live. So if they live in like in Canada or Europe and you're answering these questions very detailed, it's like you're aiding or what is it? Uh, yeah. Like assisting the crime or something. Yeah. That's why I don't even respond anymore because it's I've come to the conclusion that they're well, not I've found some evidence that Canada has a ghost gun task force and they're specifically targeting people that are 3D printing. They're looking for people that will send them files. They're looking for people that will ship frames, that will send parts. They're setting so many people up right now. Um, and the, the government is funding all this shit. They're trying to well, what's, get Americans caught up. What's so funny um, is the, the text chain that the two of us are on for uh, Freedom Crew University, mm -hmm. where I've got someone asking, you know, they ask a very specific question, um, like shipping a gun into Philly. Yeah, it's a, that's, that's one that you commented on, yeah. um, which is against the law in Philly, right? And it's like, yeah, that's, that's a trap. Yeah, so um, I had a guy, yeah, he, uh, he ordered a Strike 80. So this is how I knew it was a trap, because <clears throat> Strike 80 stopped being manufactured. They're discontinued. JSD, I want to say like a year ago, JSD was like, oh, we found a box of Strike 80s in the back of the warehouse. They're on the website. So they had, I think, like 50 of them or something. And this guy messages me and he's like, hey, bro, I order one of these frames, but they won't ship. It. They won't ship it to me. Can I have it sent to you? And then you send it to me later because I'm going out of the country. I'll be back in like two months. Just hold it. I'll send you 50 bucks and then I'll send you the shipping for it when it's time to send it out. To me, that was a no brainer. Oh, I'm getting a strike 80 and 50 bucks. OK, yeah. So, Two months later, he's like, hey, man, I'm back in the country. You know, you think you can ship that frame out. Here's another 50 bucks. You know, send that out on your own free time whenever you get a chance. I was like, yeah, man, sure. Send me the address. Philadelphia. So I hit him back. and I was like, hey, man, uh, you know, you're in Philly, right? He's like, yeah, that's why they wouldn't ship it to me. And I was like, what makes you think I'm going to ship it to you then? Because yeah. you can't ship that shit there. And then I started questioning him like, uh, I don't know about this, man. This sounds real suspect. And he's like, oh, I'm so sorry, Ralph. You know, I respect you and this and that. I tell you what, just keep the frame, man. It's not even that big of a deal. So I got a free strike yeah. 80 from a Fed and 100 bucks. <laughs> and 100 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> Those federal yeah. agents are not so bad, you know. <laughs> yeah, hey. hey you, got, you, got, you got a strike 80 plus enough money to buy the lower parts kit to put into it. Right. 
Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, man, we've been rolling for a little over an hour now. Uh, I like to wrap up with a speed round where it's just uh, five questions okay. uh, for or this or that. All right. Ready? You all warmed up? <laughs> yeah. All right. So, 357 Magnum or 12 gauge, one ounce slug? Oh, those are both out of my realm, but just out of. I know, I purposely asked for out of, out of your realm. <laughs> I see what you're doing. Uh, just based on what I know, I would take the 12 gauge slug. Yeah, they, 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 uh, they're, they're, impre- they're impressive. <laughs> Devastating. Devastating. Oh. So when you go shooting for hearing protection, do you use electronic earplugs or passive? <laughs> Emacs Shadow Pro, I think is what it's called. I watched your video on it and I got it. Oh, you're, you're, you're rocking the pros, huh? Because of your video, I bought those, yeah. Oh, so you haven't seen the one about, the, uh, about what I'm wearing now then? The new ones? I, uh, well, the, the Shadow Pros are the new ones, but I'm not running the the Caldwells anymore. Oh, okay. There's a new one. Uh, All right, I'm, I'm uh, no, I'm running. Um, I'm running the uh, Axel GS Extreme 2.0s now. Okay. No, yeah, that uh, that shit was revolutionary to me because I always had the over the head muffs, yep. and usually yep. when I'm shooting a rifle, you know, the it recoil, sucks. Yeah. The recoil will kind of mess with it. So yeah, after it blows your ears out. Yeah, and after trying that out, I was like. I can talk to people around me and this thing will like cancel the noise as soon as it hears it. It's yeah. a no brainer. It's I awesome. Like, yeah. It's like, why are people like using this big ass here? Well, cause it's cheaper. They're only like 20 bucks. Yeah. But yeah, the, the electronic ones that I have are like 150. So I, awesome. I get it. But uh, yeah, electronic. <laughs> All right. I'm going to, I'm going to really pull at the, uh, I'm going to tug at the heartstrings right now. <laughs> Strike 80 or polymer 80. Strike 80. That's not even a, a tough question. <laughs> I kind of figured you're going that way. Um, you see, and that's the thing that kills me. I never got a chance to do a strike 80. Oh. Um, I never got a chance to do one. I so wanted to do it at the time. I just like, I just can't do it right now. I had so many other projects going on. Like I got to finish these up, but Man. yeah, that, that, that one sucks. If you can find one now, they're well over five, 600 bucks, man, on Gunbroker when they do pop up because they're pretty they rare do. right now. They're almost as rare as a Mup One right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good luck trying to find uh, a for that. So nine millimeter or ten millimeter? I don't have ten, so I can't speak on it. I have like thirty-nine millimeter guns, so I'm <laughs> gonna say nine. <laughs> All right. So for the last question, you have this warehouse and in this warehouse is one of every 3d printer that has ever existed brand new in the box with lifetime parts you get to pick one but it's the only 3d printer you can have for the rest of your life damn which printer do you pick oh man i mean just ah Dude, it's anything from a from a one hundred dollar ender all the way up to the high end production twelve, twenty thousand dollar three D printers. If there was one of those SLS printers in that bunch there, I would definitely take that because that prints stuff that's comparable to injection molded polymers. 
But from the top of my head, the only machine I can think of would be the Bamboo Labs X1 Carbon. That seems to be okay. like the bee's knees nowadays. Like all the cool kids are doing it, you know. Uh, awesome. You get the, the four multicolor prints. Uh, it's got the heated chamber and it does carbon fiber nylon and everything. Like it, it just, it's a robot that will poop out whatever you want. And you don't have to do much except push a button. There's no parts you got to fiddle with and all that. So it, it seems to be, you know, the new standard, I guess you could say. Um, otherwise, it's funny because it's funny how that changed because it used to be like everybody's like, get an ender, get an ender. And then yeah. all these other printers went, hey, these are the weaknesses of, of these other printers. And yeah. then um, it hit a bet, you know, because you hit a button. Oh, it's going to level the bed for me. Awesome. You know how many times I've torn a piece of paper off and like, eh, turn this yeah. knob. Oh, shit. Yeah. That one's out now. Yeah. Yeah, it happens all the time. I mean, my go-to printer right now is the CR6 SE from Creality. Uh, it's been my workhorse. I, I have something printing on it right now. It's it's what I use pretty much every day, all the time. Dude, you got uh, some you got some awesome cancellation on your microphone that we don't hear that printer. You can't hear it at all. No, I had no idea you were 3D printing. Yeah, it's the MacBook, man. This thing, I don't even use a a camera or a microphone. It's all part of the the MacBook here. It's awesome. a good computer. Basically, so there you go. Uh, you're also a Mac guy. So am I. Uh -huh. <laughs> it's more, more user friendly, I guess you could say. I don't know. Well, it's funny because last night on the live cast, I was using the mic off the Mac um, because I, I ran out of time of setting up. And then today I, I had time. I set up the mic. But I was listening to last night's live stream. I'm like, shit, I can't believe that was the built-in mic off of my Mac. It sounds pretty good. Yeah. I was like, damn. I, I I just might rock that the whole time now. Yeah, because like you, I do have a, a backup microphone and the little boom stand and everything. But like what I what I'm noticing right now is you have like a one second delay between what you're saying and your your mouth moving. Well, well so it, it, it could be the internet or it could be. Um, that's why I stopped using it. Though, about about a four. Hard. I think that's about a four meter cable between here and. Right here is the Mac, and it goes down the arm and does all this shit. And you gotta, you gotta mess with the latency settings and all that. Yeah, yeah I just, I just I, haven't had a chance to do that. I know, and I played with it for so long, man, and it just was driving me crazy because people would keep commenting on it. Hey, man, your lips are not moving to what you're saying. And I, eventually, I just unplugged it, and I was like, all right, well, we're just gonna rock the stock computer microphone, whatever. I don't even care anymore. <laughs> It's it's crazy because yeah I did that last night I'm like I I I you know I was listening to it today before uh, I'd already set this up and I was on my other Mac I have actually there's three Macs in this room um, so I was listening on my, on my M1 over there that I do all my editing off of and I'm like shit I just set this microphone up and that damn thing was better than my mic yeah <laughs> I'm like I I might be rocking that I might be rocking the the, the just the built-in mic from from now on. It's pretty good, man. So, There's a reason why they're expensive. They're pretty good computers. They last forever. Yeah. Um, they do. So now that we've got that out of the way, how do people get a hold of you? Right now, I'm still uh, lurking around Instagram, at P80Ralph. I, I am on Twitter, at P80Ralph. I am on Odyssey, at P80Ralph. I am on Rumble, at P80Ralph. 
And I have a website with some affiliate links, padralph.com. Uh, it used to be a web store, but I realize I don't like dealing with customers. Some people are really picky, man. And I just wanted to get away from that. I was like, you know what? I'm not even making that much money anyways. I don't want to deal with any of this. What's, so. <laughs> what's funny is I, I was on your webpage earlier today. Um, so for everybody that's that's out there, they're watching and listening, go down to the description. I will have all the links there. So that way, if you're driving, don't try to write this crap down. Just come back to the podcast and click the link to go to his thing. But I was on your website and I'm like, it's so funny because you have the placeholders for all your old videos from YouTube oh, yeah. and it's all, an account has been, you know, account has been dis deleted. I think, I don't even think yeah. it's just suspended. This account has been deleted. And I'm like, oh yeah. Can't even see those anymore. And I tried to replace them with videos from Rumble and Odyssey, but it doesn't work. Those are like templates for YouTube videos. So yeah. I just left it up. I was like, you know what? I'll just leave it up so that they know the videos have been deleted, you know. Uh, well, yeah, it, I, you get a little more impact out of that. You yeah. see what you're missing? It's like, hey, there's a lot of good videos here that they took down. Yeah. So awesome, man. Thank you so much for joining today. Uh, I know, you know, this was a last minute thing for us to get together. Um, yeah, right and you're on. heading out of town. I do appreciate you, you taking some time out to jump on with me, man. It's always a pleasure having you. Likewise, it's a pleasure to be here, and I look forward to uh, watching this later. I definitely uh, want to see what kind of dumb stuff I said because you don't you don't really like catch it when it's happening. But if you watch it again, you're like, oh, why did I say that? You know? Yeah, no, I I get that. It, it's it, it happens. Um, but no, it's it's funny. I had um, uh, Yehuda Remmer was on um, that yeah you know, the Pew Pew Jew. So when I recorded with him. Uh, it's funny because I was at my in-laws house in Delaware when I recorded that. So I'm like, Hey man, I'm not going to have like the home court advantage of the, of the, of the, uh, the studio. He's like, I don't care. Um, and we got to the end we're talking afterwards. He goes, well, you can edit out any of the stupid stuff. I'm like, no, it was all good to me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, sometimes you pick up and you're like, huh, oh, what, why the hell did I say that? Yeah. But it, it, it makes it seem more natural. I feel like when you edit stuff out, it, it's not realistic for folks that want to yeah. actually do this. I feel like when you leave the mistakes in, it allows folks to know like, oh, okay, this guy's not perfect. He messes up too, you know? Well, there's there's times where I do my videos now. Like I, when I first started doing videos, like that, that first video was the um, P320 disassembly and reassembly video. Um, and basically field, it was basically a field strip plus disassembly of the, the slide. And... Shit, I, I think I had like 60 hours into that video because everything had to be perfect on one take and no editing. And and now I get rolling through stuff. Like if I'm at the range talking about something, I screw up. Oh, I'm editing. I'll just put like a, a little bubble in there. Go, did I really just say that? Yeah. <laughs> I just don't care. It's like, I just don't care anymore. Right. I just yeah. like, I, yeah, I screwed that one up. No problem. You know, sorry. Yeah, I just uh, dropped a video on my Rumble because uh, I released a uh, a remix pack for a Glock 19 that takes Polymer 80 rails. So th those are available on my Odyssey. But I made the full build video and I put it on my Rumble. Uh, it was a 40-minute video and I was able to get it down to 19 because a lot of the times I was just repeating myself over and over. Or yeah. I'll do this thing where I'm like trying to say a sentence and then I'll just pause and then try to say it again 
And I'm like, hmm, I didn't like that either. So I'll just re-say it. Because then when I'm editing, I know, okay, just cut all of that crap off and leave the one that was good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it takes a little time <laughs> to do it like that. But um, so, That's the advantage I have with running three cameras when I uh, when <laughs> I film. It's like when I do an edit, I'm like, no, it's not always to, when I switch a camera angle that was a screw up. It's not always. But I will tell you, Sometimes it's on purpose that I switch a camera angle that just yeah may not make sense at that time. I got you. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, well, um, uh, now cut that crap out, change camera angle, get back to the action because it's <laughs> right on. Yeah. So, but man, thank you so much for coming on, man. I appreciate it, and and uh, it's going to be great. You know, really kind of working together. Um, we've already kind of worked together on Freedom Crew University, but it's going to be awesome to just kind of continue that. Right on. Yeah, man. Thank you for having me. Um, I look forward to you uh, working with you in the future and watching more of your, your podcast because I do enjoy them. You have some pretty awesome. good interviews. Thanks. It's, it, it, it's tough getting some of them sometimes, but yeah, it, they, I, I've been blessed with some of, some of the guests I've gotten on, including yourself. Right on. Hey, man. Well, thanks for having me once again. Appreciate it. Yeah. Man, I really love talking to Ralph. We have such a good time. And man, even I couldn't have predicted where that conversation was going to go. I mean, we went through politics to religion. That was just, uh, honestly, I was surprised it went there. But man, that's just the way it goes, man. When Ralph and I get talking, we just have a good time. And we'll just talk about anything. Guys, definitely check out P80 Ralph because, like I said, he got banned twice on YouTube. He's been banned on TikTok. I've got a ban on TikTok. Um, it's just they're trying to take your ability to learn things. That's it. They don't want you to know this stuff. So go check out P80 Ralph's content. And also consider taking a class from Freedom Crew University. I mean, we can really teach you either one-on-one or in a classroom setting with a maximum of Six, yep, six. I got the right fingers up. Six students in a class, and it's not that expensive. Go check out Freedom Crew University. So the product of the podcast is the Real Avid Master Armors Kit Pro. Now, I've been working with this thing for a year, and trust me, man, you're buying this thing by the pound. This thing weighs a ton. But if you're building ARs, man, this thing's got everything you ever need. And uh, I absolutely love it. And if you sign up for one of my courses on uh, Freedom Crew University, you're going to see this kit in use. All the tools, man. And I love these Crowfoots, man. They're way better than just using those, you know, generic armors, um, you know, uh, wrench things that you get. Man, I love those things. But definitely go check out the Real Avid armors master kit pro i have a link down in the uh, description below check that thing out now if you're watching on youtube right there i got a video about gunsmith screwdrivers that you're going to want to watch it talks all about the difference between gunsmith screwdrivers and hardware screwdrivers thanks for listening hope you're staying safe out there i look forward to talking to you again soon